Welcome to the fourth episode of Reimagining Defence, brought to you by Lieutenant Colonel Henry Willey and myself, Flight Lieutenant James Coote. The thoughts are our own and don't represent the MOD. This podcast is for people who want to become bilingual in the languages of defence and technology. Through examining how exponential technologies are fundamentally disrupting organisations worldwide, we explore how we might harness them to reimagine defence. In this episode, we explore automation, comparing an Amazon order to going to military stores, exploring Elon Musk's attempt to make his Tesla factory a fully automated, quote, unstoppable alien dreadnought, unquote, and finally, how and why we might use automation and defence to punch above our weight, reduce bureaucracy, and take the robot out of humans. Going to a military clothing stores can be an ordeal. Limited opening hours, manual logging of what clothes you take, one size fits no one, and often leaving without that crucial strap which holds your webbing together. Let's compare it to Amazon, which is essentially a high-performing stores department. Except, unlike stores, you can order anytime, anywhere, one click, an automatic confirmation email arrives, and a parcel follows the next day with barely any human intervention. Don't like the product? Well, fill in the returns pro forma, a returns label is automatically created and you're automatically refunded within hours. During all of this, your details are automatically collected and the store automatically notes your preferences and targets you with adverts of products you may like the next time you visit. The process is automated to a T and has been a critical component of Amazon's rise to becoming a stores department worth a trillion dollars, which we've never entered or even spoken to a member of staff from. So simply put, automation is getting your computer to do the repetitive task in a process that humans would otherwise do, only more quickly, more accurately, and tirelessly. One professor is famed for describing it as taking the robot out of humans. Now automation has existed for decades, but its use is becoming more mainstream now due to technologies such as robotic process automation, or RPA for short. Now RPA differs from traditional automation for two main reasons. Firstly, you don't have to write code to program RPA to do what you want. You just show the RPA software, otherwise known as a bot, what to do, and it does it. This makes RPA highly accessible to workers, and infinitely customizable to the organization. Secondly, because an RPA bot works just like a human and can switch between different applications by just clicking a button like a human would, it solves significant integration problems. Many large organizations suffer from data siloing in different applications. RPA is not fussy. Just show it what data you want copying across from one application to another and it will simply mimic your actions to achieve that, requiring no integration. So let's delve into a few examples of automation. A large bank received 1.5 million claim forms per year, each needing to be saved, processed, added to a database, approved or denied, and replies sent. Dull work, fit for a robot. So they deployed 85 software bots to run the process. They estimate that the human equivalent to add this capacity would have taken 200 full-time employees at over three times the price. 
Apart from automating a simple pre-existing process like claims, HR processes or invoices, RPA can add value in other ways not previously practical or possible. The UK retailer group Shop Direct created a bot to identify customers who are affected by floods and automatically remove late payment charges from their accounts. Beyond these two very simple process automation tasks, automation can be combined with machine learning, the topic of our next episode, to create cognitive automation. Automation that is able to be smart and make decisions in a situation-dependent fashion that's not entirely hardwired into rules. One example of this was achieved by Virgin Trains. They created a cognitive RPA for dealing with emails from customers requesting refunds for delayed trains. The bot could use natural language processing, a machine learning technique, to read and understand the sentiments of their customer's email, categorise them, and issue the refund to the customer or escalate their complaint to a customer service rep. They estimated that the solution reduced the daily processing time and manual labour involved with these emails by 85%. Now let's touch on where automation has gone wrong and what we can learn from that. Now of course not many companies want to share their stories of failure, but one story is in the public domain the legendary entrepreneur Elon Musk's Tesla factory. Now, Musk is said to have recounted a dream to his co-workers in which he said he'd seen a factory of the future, a fully automated manufacturing plant. He described it as an unstoppable alien dreadnought. Despite Musk's best efforts to try and make this dream a reality, a year later he tweeted, excessive automation at Tesla was a mistake. To be precise, my mistake. Humans are underrated. What did he mean by this? Well, though automation is really effective at rules-based processes, for example, if X, do Y, it's not as good as humans yet at complex decisions where perhaps X and Y are less clear or complicated by situational variables. In the factory example, imagine the process of screwing on a car bumper If a screw's thread is even slightly misaligned, a human would very quickly correct for that. The automated solution, however, may not even notice and would likely force it, perhaps destroying the thread. So we've had a whistle-stop tour through automation and some examples of its use. Now let's look to the future. Where could the greatest gains for the British military be over the next five years? In the near term, the low-hanging fruit for automation is freeing our personnel's brainpower from the bureaucracy and form-filling so we can employ them to their maximal capacity. Perhaps ordering kit from stores will be automated not dissimilarly to Amazon. You'll be measured using a 3D body scanner from your phone's camera, request what kit you need, and from your email landing in stores to receiving your kit delivered to your quarter to any returns you need to make, it will all be automated. Of course, this would offer large efficiency savings, and also start to build up a clean and structured database to better inform our clothing procurement decisions, or even automate them. Perhaps when you move to a different base, automation will mean that you don't have to spend a day formally exiting the base, then onboarding into your new job, getting access privileges, registering at the medical centre, dental centre, stores, the MT section, the mess... Relocation leave is currently five days, 
of which plenty is menial form-filling which is simply a waste of time and leads to significant job dissatisfaction. How many times have we provided the military with our details? Can it not just be automatically transposed to our new roles or locations? If we zoom out further to the more ambitious projects, perhaps we'll be using more cognitive automation solutions. Imagine calling the MOD operator and having a bot answer the phone. She's available at any time with no delay, understands your request by utilising natural language processing, validates your credentials, makes relevant suggestions and then connects you to the right number. A form of this already exists on ModNet, Ask Sally, though very few people truly use it as their first port of call, preferring to pick up the phone to a human. To be used, we'll have to make sure these technologies are accessible and unarguably superior to encourage mainstream use. And finally, imagine you're a busy engineer of a drone squadron. Perhaps automation will mean you no longer have to spend hours a day writing reports because any errors logged by your personnel are automatically transposed into a concise report using natural language processing and logged into a central database in an efficient and consistent manner. This structured and consistent dataset then allows automation of spare parts ordering, early flagging of repeated faults, and paves the way for predictive maintenance in the future, as the data is clean and properly organised. So it's a no-brainer, right? We automate the boring stuff and us humans get all the exciting work. What could go wrong? Well, it seems that the biggest thing that could go wrong is by rolling automation out in a haphazard fashion with a lack of governance, development to common standards and ownership. Everyone knows a story of an Excel guru in their workplace who created a clever macro that automated everything until one day it broke, he'd moved on and no one knew how it worked or how to fix it. The answer probably lies in a hybrid approach not dissimilarly to the one we discussed in the cloud episode. As bottom-up schemes like the J-Hub coding scheme equip our staff with the skills to automate many aspects of their work, the top-down automation centres of expertise will need to empower them with access to the tools to build great products whilst ensuring that digital chaos doesn't result. Success will be contingent on three central functions. Firstly, defining automation best practices and incorporating them into our upskilling efforts. Secondly, building safe and secure infrastructure to test and deploy these products. And thirdly, providing permissive but structured governance. The governance needs to be implemented not to discourage individuals from building products that improve the MOD, but to scale successful ones rapidly, merge duplicates and kill off unsuccessful ones. Only through this mechanism can we change the culture of our workforce to one empowered to innovate without causing digital chaos. This approach, centralised development of best practice and governance coupled with decentralised digital empowerment of the workforce, is one that will not just help us to automate our processes, but implement all of the exponential technologies explained in this podcast series. Some refer to it as the base layer approach. So we hope this episode has shed some light on automation and how the use of bots to automate processes may be seen as a threat to some jobs, but actually may end up freeing us from a huge amount of bureaucracy. 
At the moment, we're at the stage where automation has proved effective for rules-based process automation, but we're accelerating into an age of cognitive automation, where bots will be able to automate more and more complex tasks. One key bottleneck preventing us from reaching truly smart automation is clean, structured and accessible data to train the intelligent bots on. What does this mean for leaders? Well, soon you may be managing as many bots as bodies. Identifying opportunities for where automation could add value in your workplace will be of paramount importance, as will allocating the unique skills of your personnel, as the rep repetitive jobs they were performing beforehand are taken on by automation. Automation tools such as Microsoft Flows are starting to become available to MOD employees. Why not consider making a process map of part of your work and exploring whether it might be amenable to automation. As UK Defence is expected to deliver more and more with the same personnel and resources, we'll need to fight above our weight. Filling in forms and spreadsheets is not an effective use of our time. So let's use automation to take the robot out of our humans. We hope you enjoyed this episode, narrated and written by myself, Flight Lieutenant James Coote, and edited by Lieutenant Colonel Henry Willey. We'd like to thank AADP, the Army's Advanced Development Programme, and the RAF Medical Services for allowing us the journalistic freedom to create this podcast. The thoughts are our own and do not represent the MOD or these organisations. If you want to delve deeper, you can access the script and references for this podcast by sending a blank email with your rating of the podcast from 0 to 10 in the subject line to redefpod at gmail.com or by checking out our Twitter, at redefpod. Just to be clear, redefpod is R-E-D-E-F-P-O-D. For those who want to learn how to code, apply data science, or learn agile project management techniques, Check out the J-Hub coding scheme, where you'll get paid up to £500 for learning these skills and have your achievement logged on JPA. Just search J-Hub coding scheme on DefNet. Finally, if this podcast has sparked any ideas for innovative capability that you want to get into the hands of military users, you can submit your ideas via the new GEMS platform found at def-ideas.wazoku.com. Alternatively, reach out directly to DARE for the Navy, Aerial for the Army, RCA for the RAF, or J-Hub for Stratcom, all found by a quick search on DefNet. If you've enjoyed this episode on reimagining defence, we'd be over the moon if you could share it with a friend and leave us a five-star review. Until our next episode on AI, take care.